Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. UCF men's basketball gets a big win against the Texas Longhorns in their own stadium. A lot of drama surrounding that game that we'll get into. Also, UCF signed a new defensive coordinator. What does it mean for the Knights defense heading into next season? And a new linebacker potentially is joining the Knights. How many linebackers can the UCF Knights take? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I am your host, Sean Green. Before we get started, as always, a quick word from our sponsor, Bet Online. With NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts. All right, I think I can put this down now. I think that's suitable. Hello, everybody, and thank you for coming back to Charge On. Pack show today, uh, episode 100. You know, we should have done something big for episode 100, 100 episodes, two years, or, well, I'm trying to think of when we started the show. I guess about two years of doing this show, year and a half, something like that. Um, Want to thank as always, you guys for listening, uh, subscribing, liking, sharing, doing all that you do. We greatly appreciate it here. Um, hopefully, we'll get Nick back on the next episode. He had to go to uh, handle some car situations. So you just get me today, but you're kind of used to that at this point. So we've got a lot of news to get into. Uh, and I wasn't expecting to talk about basketball, to be completely honest. Uh, we've had a lot of basketball-centric stuff. In the last three episodes, right? UCF beats Kansas, and that basically became uh, our opening segment uh, for one of the episodes. Then Mikey Williams commits to UCF. That was a breaking news pod that we dropped a day after uh, we dropped the previous podcast. And then this episode, I'm thinking up, we're going to talk about Ted Roof. I'm going to talk about Ethan Barr. Uh, But no, we're going to start with some UCF football talk. And it's absolutely crazy what the last 24 hours or so have been uh, for UCF basketball. If you guys are unaware, which I'm sure everybody watching this is very aware, UCF basketball just beat the Texas Longhorns on the road last night, 77-71. to UCF was down by as much as 16, uh, and they fought their way back. It was almost like Kansas 2.0, fought their way back, took the lead, and kept it the final couple minutes to to get a huge win. Now, Texas is 1-3 in the Big 12 this season, and they've kind of looked a little off uh, to start Big 12 play. So, it's not like they are like beating Kansas. But I will say, many analysts and many people around the college basketball landscape have said, listen, with the Big 12, if you can get a Big 12 road win, you're treating it as like a quad one victory. 
it is almost impossible, it seems like, in the Big 12 this year to go on the road and get a win. doesn't matter who you're playing. Again, Kansas comes on the road to play UCF and loses. UCF wins at home against the number three team in the country, right? And you've seen that periodically, right? Usually the home team has been winning a majority of the games. So for UCF to go into Texas, only time they're playing Texas this year in football or basketball, and to beat Texas on their home floor, we're not saying UCF's going to go to March Madness here, right? But if UCF somehow made a little bit of a run and started you know, winning some of these games, that victory is going to play a big part in it because they did get that victory. Now, after the game, listen, as many people do when you beat Texas, especially get a big road win in the Big 12 and uh, you beat a team like the Texas Longhorns, the UCF players decided to quickly, right before they went and shook hands, and it wasn't a lot of them. If you watch, there's a video out there. I implore you all to go watch it. It was four UCF players, all mostly bench players that really don't see the floor too much, that were putting the horns down around a couple of UCF players before they got into the handshake line. They were putting the horns down symbol, just celebrating a victory, right? It's college basketball. You came back. You had a hard-fought game, and you won. So we know how to do the horns down. We were rivals with the team in Tampa, right? They put the horns down. Well, some people didn't like that. Head coach of Texas, Rodney Terry, gets into the line and basically starts saying, don't do that blank. Don't do that blank to a bunch of the players. Cursing at the players, saying it's not classy, that's classless, don't do that. And I want to read the full quote that Coach Rodney Terry said after the game. And I'm, I, I, I posted about it, and I'll read my Twitter post in a second. But I found this very interesting. He said, and this is in regards to some UCF players doing the horns down right before the handshake line. When you do those kinds of things, it looks very classless, and it also looks like you were just hoping to win. We never go into games trying to hope to win. We go into games expecting to win. So we don't act like that. We expect to win. We don't jump up and down and act like we won the national championship. We sure don't step on anyone's home court and act crazy and try to show them up in any way. We don't do that. You guys won. Hey, we shake your hand and tip our hat to you, but we're not going to let you act that way in our building. You're not going to put your horns down and do all that nonsense. That was head coach Rodney Terry on the horns down. Now, I think a lot of people find it hilarious because you're saying that's classless. Yet again, I think the, the thing that everybody's saying is what's classless is a grown adult cursing out college kids, young adults, for celebrating a victory. It's not like your players went over and started a fight with them for doing the horns down symbol. You're the University of Texas, UT Austin. People are assuming that if you beat Texas, you're getting a horns down symbol, right? The fans do it. It's a, it's a common thing. If Texas loses games, put the horns down. Hell, even if it's during the game, 
You think if you would have uh, now, I think he's his problem is you're not going to come out on our home floor and put the horns down symbol. That's classless. Then win the game, Terry. Win the game, Coach Terry. Like if you're all upset and you're all saying this is classless, then you should have won the game. I find it absolutely ridiculous that a bunch of young, and I also, here's my big issue. The tweet I put out, which I find, I think I, here's the tweet I put out. I'm sorry, but are you joking? This is a Johnny Dawkins coached UCF team. A coach that is the most well respect, one of the most well respected men in all of college basketball. This is college basketball. If you don't want teams doing the horns down, don't lose at home. Bill Self said it when UCF beat Kansas just a week ago. They said, what is it? What, what is the embodiment of a, of a Johnny Dawkins coached team? And Bill Self's one word was class. So I find it ironic. I find it ironic that Rodney Terry said that this UCF team is classless. It's very interesting to me. Now, it's honestly funny. We're looking at this UCF team and everybody's expectations have gone up. Everybody's more excited for these games. Everybody's seemingly watching basketball, which I love. Basketball is my first love. I always tune into a game. Couldn't tune into it last night because it was on the stupid Longhorn Network that nobody watches. Not even Texas fans care to watch the basketball games on the Longhorn Network, right? So I watched the the match game while I had the UCF, um, you know, on the ESPN app up where I could see everything going on. Had Mark Daniels on my ear just in the background, especially after the Magic uh, had a blunder at the end there. But it, it's just very funny to me. And I think all of America is talking about it today and how absolutely ridiculous this is. And I think it, it, it it's a really bad look. Because at the end of the day, it's college athletics. If you have a symbol that's a longhorn and you get upset when people are doing the horns down and you're calling that classless and what also bothered me, this is a big topic, right? When he said, we never go into games just trying to hope to win. We go into games expecting to win. So we don't act like that. We expect to win. We don't don't jump up and down and act like we won the national championship. Are you joking? Like, I'm sorry. So basically what you're insinuating and you're trying to get across these players is they just consider Texas their national championship. No, if we were to consider anybody our national championship, it would have been Kansas a week ago. We beat the number three team in the country. Had a, a, a storm courts moment at UCF. And you're going to act like they were treated. We, we don't expect to win. Or we don't go in um, hoping to win. We expect to win. It's again, little brother syndrome. This is that, like, if Coach Terry does not see what he was doing there in that comment, all he was basically trying to do was say they're there. We expect to win. Good for you. You guys hoped and prayed on a shooting star that you would win. 
and you did, congrats. But don't you dare come on my court and disrespect me. Listen, if all these players really gave a crap about you know UT Austin and they that horns down symbol really hurt their feelings that bad, I'm sure as soon as all those UCF players were doing a brawl would have something would have popped off. But nothing happened. Everybody got on the line, started shaking hands, except head coach Rodney Terry. That's all I'm going to say on the situation. That's all I'm going to say. UCF's got Houston next at home, or not at home, but on the road at Houston's place. It's going to be a tough matchup. Houston's a very good basketball team. As we know, we've played them two times in the last however many times. Two times every year. So that's going to be a dogfight. But I think this team is very good at not letting the score or not letting the game rattle them, not letting the moment. Ever since that Kansas State game, which was awful, they've really become even keel. Really become even keel. And I did not find it classless. And I think basically all of America didn't find it classless, even Texas fans. If you go onto my tweet and read some of the comments, there's a lot of Texas fans basically saying, he does not stand for what we're saying. If you don't want that to happen, don't lose on your home floor. So I find it hilarious, but figured that's what uh, we would talk about today. All right, let's talk some football, guys, because, again, 24-7, we always have football going on. And this one is a very interesting one that I know a lot of fans wanted me to talk about and kind of go through. Uh, UCF has hired a new co-defensive coordinator. Um, I'm reading off of a tweet from Danielle Stein. Uh, she put UCF football adds Ted Roof as defensive coordinator after spending the last two seasons in the role at Oklahoma. Addison Williams will remain as co-defensive coordinator and also serve as associate head coach. I'm going to read a little bit of the article posted by Spectrum Sports because I think they put a bunch of good stuff about Ted Roof. And then I'm going to tell you kind of what I think and what this really means. So, um, Malzahn was the offensive coordinator and Roof was defensive coordinator at Auburn when the Tigers won the 2010 National Football College Football National Championship. Oklahoma dismissed Roof as defensive coordinator earlier this month, and Sooners coach Brett Venables said in a statement released by the university that Roof declined to remain on the staff in another role. Roof also had coached the linebackers at Oklahoma. This season, Roof second as the Sooner defensive coordinator. Oklahoma ranked second nationally with 20 interceptions and six in takeaways with 26. Oklahoma limited its first five opponents in 2023 to 20 or fewer points before it defeated Texas 34-30. After edging UCF 30-29 on October 21st, Oklahoma lost to Kansas and Oklahoma State, and the Sooners gave up 520 yards in a 69-45 win over TCU in the regular season finale. Um, in con- uh, Let me read this last thing because I think it's important. Roof's defense at Oklahoma ranks sixth in the Big 12, giving up an average of 389.4 yards of total offense per game. It was third in rushing defense, giving up an average of 138.6 yards per game, and 10th in passing offense and 250.8 yards per game. In contrast, UCF ranked eighth in total defense in the Big 12, giving up an average of 391 yards per game. The Knights were last in the conference, 14th in rushing defense, allowing an average of 194.3 yards per game, but first in pass defense with an average of 196.7 yards. Now, here's what I'm going to say on it. And this is what my two cents are. 
And I think a lot of people are just assuming this is the new defensive coordinator. Addison Williams getting put to the side. We won. Number one, there's a reason Oklahoma's firing him. Uh, he's terrible when it comes to passing defense. If you go watch Oklahoma games, especially the last four or five weeks, six weeks, uh, you could just pass on Oklahoma whenever you wanted. Now, go watch the UCF game. With a banged-up John Rice Plumley. John Rice Plumley played extremely well uh, passing the football. Now, UCF couldn't really run the football, right? That, that was one thing where playing Oklahoma, we, we tried to get the running game going. That really wasn't working. And most of the time against uh, those Oklahoma teams, it was hard to run the football. But passing the ball, you could do it. Now, Ted Roof has worked uh, at a bunch of different places. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pop it up. But, I mean, my man has traveled everywhere. He was the UCF defensive coordinator for a whole two weeks um, before he went and coached with Bill O'Brien at Penn State. But let me just read you this list. Now, granted, again, doesn't matter. Now, he, he was a head coach. He was 6-45 six, six and 45 as a head coach um, at Duke. So, I don't know what to say there. Uh, he was... Let me just start when he got to his college career. Linebacker coach at Duke from 90 to 93. Linebacking coach at UMass in 94. Defensive coordinator at UMass from 95 to 96. Uh, Western Carolina defensive coordinator in 97. A linebacking coach at Georgia Tech in 98. Georgia Tech DC in 99 to 2001. Duke defensive coordinator from 2002 to 2003. Duke interim head coach and then head coach from 2003 to 2007. Minnesota, D.C. in 2008. Auburn, D.C. from 2009 to 2011. I don't consider he was the UCF, D.C. in 2011, but he really wasn't. So he was really the Penn State, D.C. Then he went to Georgia Tech, NC State, App State, Vanderbilt, Clemson, Oklahoma, and now UCF. Now, here's what this means. And this is, I had a couple people reach out to me on Twitter and really ask, what does this ultimately mean? Because Addison Williams is still on the staff and all this. So here's what this means. Number one, UCF was really bad in rushing defense. I think when I sent a text to people yesterday, they were 122nd in the country. Basically the worst in, in, in all of NCAA. They were awful, but they were really good at passing defense. Now, some might just say that that's because teams just ran the football all over UCF and didn't pass. Some might say that, but the teams that did try to pass the football on UCF, it didn't really work out too well. UCF did a really good job of keeping everything in front of them when it came to defense on the passing defense, right? Addison Williams did a really good job. Addison Williams is a secondary type of coach, right? So, you bring in a guy like Ted Roof, who historically has had some of the best rushing defenses in the country. Now, Ted Roof historically, from what I've seen and from what I've heard, runs a 3-4. That won't be able to work for UCF. So I don't know how they're going to kind of work that, if they're going to bring a 3, if he's going to keep a 3-4. I have no idea. But he historically runs a 3-4. And listen, his teams have been pretty good at it. Because again, if you look at Oklahoma's rushing defense last year, it was top-notch. I think they're bringing him in here to try and get the running defense better, right? I think Addison Williams is really young. It was his first season as a defensive coordinator. I think many of us can agree, 
things needed to be improved. Uh, UCF lost a lot of the games they did because they could not stop the run and they could not make plays when necessary. So I think bringing in a guy like Ted Roof could potentially help that facet of the football. Now, what I do like is you are keeping Addison Williams on. The only way you are keeping him and making him stay is by making him an associate head coach. If if Gus Malzahn went to Addison Williams and said, hey, we're going to bring in a defensive coordinator. You're going to step down. You're not going to be defensive coordinator anymore. Uh, we're going to bring in Ted Roof. Addison Williams would have went and t- took another job. So it was a, hey, you're going to learn a little bit. We're going to bring Ted Roof. It's going to be a co-defensive coordinator situation, kind of like it already was. Because David Gibbs was also co-defensive coordinator. I don't know what he is now, but he's most likely not a defensive coordinator. Um, He was working with the secondary, so I'm assuming he's just going to stay in that title. He's not co-defensive coordinator anymore. You have Addison Williams, who's going to learn under a guy that's been a defensive coordinator at a bunch of different spots, good or bad, and really just learn. And I think Addison Williams is still going to kind of be defensive coordinator. Uh, With Ted Roof, it's going to be more of a good partnership. I might be wrong on that, but I think this can really help and have a good partnership when you've got a guy that really knows run defense and a guy that really does good in pass defense. It's a perfect partnership. Would it be great to just have one defensive coordinator that's great at everything? Sure, but you bring in a guy like Ted Roof, really good at recruiting. Addison Williams, really good at recruiting. You're not losing anybody which is going to help. And it's only going to help with bringing in recruits, right? So that's, do I love it? No, I don't really care for Ted Roof. I don't think he's going to really do much. I think if you do give him all of the play calling and all of that, I don't think UCF's going to do very well when it comes to passing. Uh, He's proven that he has not been very good. There's a reason Oklahoma did not really want to uh, let him still be the defensive coordinator. They wanted to keep him on because, again, he is a good recruiter. He has recruited some high-caliber linebackers, some high-caliber players to come to Oklahoma, right? So it's a good get from that standpoint. And I think he could really help the way that UCF gets that front seven coached in regards to that rushing defense. But with that being said, you need to make sure that it is a co-defensive coordinator not one guy trying to do too much not the other guy trying to do too much because again I think a lot of these guys love Addison Williams I think a lot of these guys are here because of Addison Williams and if you got a guy like Ted Roof coming in trying to just take over that's where transfer portal comes in and that's where you look at it like okay if this is a fighting for power situation then some of these guys might just say screw this I like coach Addy and hell even coach Addy might be like okay I'm out so you've got to find a good balance. You've got to find a good balance. And I think if they can find that good balance, I like the hire. But I don't love the hire if you are strictly coming in here and making him DC. Because, again, it's for me, it's track record. Yes, has he had some good years? Absolutely. Has he had more bad years than good years? Yes. Some would say, again, most would say that Part of the reason Oklahoma was where they were this season was because of the defense. Like, let's just look at Oklahoma. I I mentioned it uh, in the kind of when I was talking about them. But they start off really strong. Really strong. 
And then they kind of just fell off. They were 10-3, and three, second in the Big 12. Um, let's see the full schedule in 2023. So they, a lot of people like to talk about the first five games. All right? First five games were Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa, Cincinnati, and Iowa State. Those were the first five games. Now, I think the most impressive to me is Iowa State. Because Iowa State, uh, they beat 50-20. to 20. So, credit, right? They allowed 0 to Arkansas State, 11 to SMU, 17 to Tulsa, 6 to Cincy, and 20 to Iowa State. Then, they didn't allow, or if we go down, they allowed 30 to Texas in a win, 29 to UCF in a win, 33 to Kansas in a loss, or no, 38 to Kansas in a loss, excuse me. Um, lost to Oklahoma State, 27-24. to uh, Only allowed 20 to West Virginia, which I guess that could help us next year. Um, allowed 24 to BYU, and then allowed 45 to TCU. Now, let's just look at the BYU loss, for example. Or the win. They allowed 24 points. Um, Rezclaff, he had 173 yards passing, two touchdowns, and interception. Then you look at the running right? Which is what we want better, right? We've been talking. We want the running game better. BYU ran 38 times for 217 yards and a touchdown. And again, I think Oklahoma was, I think, 42nd in rushing defense. So not saying you'll go and look at all these games and say, oh my God, 200 200 yards rushing, right? But what I will say is, well, it's a wait and see thing. We'll see what happens. I like the addition if it helps our rush defense. If it doesn't help our rush defense, then there was no point in this hire. I don't think as a DC is any better than Addison Williams in terms of that. Because secondary and passing defense, I think Addison Williams did a great job. Well, let's talk quickly about the guy that is most likely going to be brought uh, from our new defensive coordinator. Ethan Barr re-enters the transfer portal. Linebacker. Uh, he, uh, former Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt, Lord, linebacker Ethan Barr, uh, recently re-entered the NCAA transfer portal. Uh, obviously, Kalen DeBoer went to Alabama, so that makes a ton of sense. Um, Barr racked up over 200 tackles during his time with the Commodores. He was a team captain this season and racked up three tackles for loss and 55 tackles in the 2023 campaign. As a junior, Barr racked up 42 tackles and two tackles for loss, playing in all 12 games. His sophomore year, he posted his best numbers, racking up 85 total tackles, four pass breakups, three interceptions, and two quarterback hurries. This is strictly, and again, this is all because of signing a guy like Ted Roof. He coached, um, he was the, again, went to a million different spots, but he coached Ethan Barr, recruited Ethan Barr, DeBoer goes to Alabama. He was going to go to Washington. And Barr says, eh, let me go to UCF. Hasn't been officially, officially announced, but everybody's kind of reporting it, putting crystal balls. We'll talk more. Once Gus Malzahn has his press conference about all the additions, we're going to go through all of them and kind of what we, where we see them on the depth chart next year or what we could see. But the one position group that we can look at and say, who the hell knows is linebacker. Because you have, again... Ethan Barr, who essentially was a three, four-year SEC starter. Granted, it was for Vanderbilt, but still a three, four-year SEC starter captain 
that you're adding to your your team. So, I mean, again, I think when you have a guy and a coach who's good at run defense, who is a linebacker coach at heart, to come in and has a bunch of different linebackers to really work with, I think that can only help UCF. I don't even, I think they've added like, what, five or six this, this transfer cycle? Five or six linebackers along with the young guys? So I think, again, once Gus does his his talk, we'll go through all of them and we'll discuss how they can work out this year. But for right now, we're going to hold off. But what a huge pickup for UCF again because who knows who's going to play. You could see all of them play. But I think, again, to just keep adding to that linebacking or linebacker room is absolutely it's great. It's great that they keep adding. So we'll see where the roster ends up. I don't think there's a lot more scholarships left. Um, but like I said, hopefully we'll we'll get answers shortly on uh, how the roster shakes up and who else we add to finish off this kind of first cycle before spring ball. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. Thank you again for all the, whoa, all the continued support uh, on this podcast. We greatly appreciate it, and we're going to continue bringing you great content. Uh, uh, go all the way to episode 200. Let's get 100 more in, and, and we'll do some sort of celebration. Hopefully, uh, we won't get there by football season, but hopefully we'll start doing some more fan stuff to get you guys more involved, a lot more live streams, um, ticket giveaways, and all that stuff. So we appreciate all the support. Again, please like, subscribe, comment, share. Do all that you do. We greatly appreciate it. And again, if you want any of the Charge On hats, the link is down below in the YouTube description. Just click on the Etsy shop and pick out which one you want. All right, everybody, this has been Charge On presented by Bet Online. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.